we pray. Amen. We're glad that all of you are here. We got a good crowd this morning. And believe it or not, we still have more down in our overflow. So we're glad that you're joining us here in person uh, on YouTube. And for those of you uh, who are down in our overflow, uh, they're watching us on the live stream as well. So we're glad you're here. A couple of things that we need you to do. First of all, just make yourself at home together, um, especially those of you who are home on your couch. Uh, just make yourself at home. Uh, we have some guests that are here. Uh, you can go online. Uh, this gets a little confusing, maybe. If you have the uh, Uversion app, then you can look on there. You can uh, do the little more button at the bottom, events. And we are on there. You can click on that, and that has our notes. Uh, we're doing digital notes these days. So you can find that. I, I said it was on there. Mine's not showing up. Um, but maybe you can find it on there. Uh, you can also go to our website, fbccloudcroft.org. And uh, if you go to the members area, there's a connect with us uh, screen. Click on that. And that is our digital connect card. We'd love to have a record of your visit. Uh, we'd love to be able to follow up with you. In fact, uh, if you are, are looking for a church home, then we'd love to uh, pray with you and consider making this uh, your church home. Uh, for some of you who are watching on uh, YouTube, uh, we want to be able to keep connecting with you. And so what we've done is on Sundays from 9.30 to about 9.55 is we have a Zoom fellowship called The Foyer. So if you are, if you are watching at home, you missed that this morning. Um, hopefully they're not still fellowshipping on there. They switched over to YouTube. But um, it's a good way to be able to see people that we haven't seen in a while and, and connect with them because uh, it's, it's an odd time in, in our, our world today. And we want to be able to stay connected as a church. So um, be sure and do that. Fill out the digital connect card. If you have trouble finding that, we'll help you um, after the service today. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll get you connected that way. But we're glad that you're here. Uh, we're in a series uh, in Luke. I, I love going through books of the Bible. I don't know uh, how you guys are. We do some topical series too, but uh, love going through the books of the Bible. And so we decided we're going to go through Luke. And, and I, I found that Luke is so rich that Jesus might come back before we get finished. Uh, you know, I don't know. We might get to that place. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be great? If, if we get to the place uh, where, where Jesus goes and ascends to be with the Father, and that's the day he comes back. Wouldn't that, that would be awesome. Lord, if you want to do that, uh, we, we would be, we'd be happy with that. But it's going to take us a while, and that's okay, because the point isn't to get through a book of the Bible. The point is to get the Bible into our hearts, let God speak to us and change us. So we're in Luke chapter 3. We've been there for a little bit. We're, we'll be finishing this up pretty soon. Luke chapter 3, and, and, and I've got good news and bad news for you. I'll give you the bad news first. The bad news is this is a really long message. Baptism, the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, how much can you pack in? The good news is it's a three-part message. So uh, we'll only do the first part, the baptism, uh, this week. This has been a whole lot of fun for me, and I, I trust it will be for you. God's really been uh, just speaking to me uh, through his word, which is what we always pray that God does. So so let me read. Um, we're just doing two verses, uh, and I, I, I'm one of the few guys maybe that can take two verses and make three messages out of it, but there's just so much here. So Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, let me read it to you. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven 
saying, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Isn't that an, isn't that an amazing picture? Now, uh, if you'll remember, we, we left last week with John the Baptist being, being um, arrested, and I, I told you that that, that was going to happen, and then Luke kind of does a little bit of a flashback right here. So uh, last week we saw that John the Baptist's ministry was really short, that he had to make the most of the time that he had. And, and so now Luke does just a little bit of flashback, and he says, when all the people were being baptized. So the, the idea is, as Luke writes this narrative, is so you'll remember when all the people were being baptized, when John was still doing that, that Jesus was also one who was baptized so let me just give you the the big idea first in case you doze a little bit or if you're at home and you get up and go get a cup of coffee and you miss out um uh, down we we in in the basement that's where our overflow is and my daughters uh, as we were setting that up initially in in all this uh, we decided we were going to say that uh you go to the basement where we get down thanks uh that's better than having a laugh track you guys are good um so I forgot where I was going with all that. Oh, in, in, case, in case they get up to, to, uh, to go use the restroom or something down there. Here's, here's the big idea. Here's the thing that I want us to get from the message today. That though Jesus was sinless, he identified with sinful humanity. Now, now that's huge. And I don't know if you've studied any of the other religions uh, in the world, but that is one of the many things that is absolutely unique with Christianity, that God himself became a man. We'll dig into that uh, as we go along. But before we do, I, I want us to read the same, um, this same picture uh, of Jesus' baptism in the other Gospels. So we're going to jump over to Mark chapter 1, and this is verse 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, that is John the Baptist. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And then here's John. John writes in John chapter one, verse twenty nine through thirty four. The next day he saw Jesus, that is John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. And then Matthew, the last of the Gospels we'll read from this morning. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he, that is John, consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom 
I am well pleased. Um, let me unpack just, just the baptism a little bit here. We're going to handle this more next week when we talk about the Trinity. But, but how many of you have seen that picture of Jesus' baptism? There's a painting. Have you seen that? And, and I saw that as a kid. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I don't, I don't know where I, I saw this, but I remember seeing it. And here's Jesus in the Jordan. John is with him. Jesus is wet. He had just been baptized. And we see the clouds, and the clouds have parted. There's a ray of light coming through, shining on Jesus. And there's a dove that is coming down. It, it, is that the painting you guys remember? Because I could have dreamt about this. I don't, I don't know for sure, but... That, that's that's what I remember. Uh, let me tell you, as cool as that painting is, look at that painting as 100% symbolic, except that Jesus and John were in the Jordan and Jesus had just been baptized. What the Bible is talking about here, so, so to, to help get the picture, Jesus was baptized. He went under the water and he came back up. And where it says here that the heavens were open, that's the word that we get schizophrenic from. Split-minded is what schizophrenic means. So the heavens split. I don't know what that looks like, but it doesn't mention in here any clouds. Did y'all catch that? We read all the Gospels. No clouds mentioned, but the heavens split. I don't know what that looks like, but it wasn't clouds parting. That's important for us to know. The other thing is it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and, and we read like a dove or in the form of a dove. The best way to translate that is like a dove would so just so you know there's no bird here either did you guys catch that there's no clouds and there's no bird um the holy spirit i don't know what that looks like either um, we see on the day of pentecost that, that the holy spirit manifests as tongues of fire but the holy spirit descended upon jesus and and you ever seen a, a dove just kind of come and just kind of light you know just down that that's what i can imagine that that luke is really actually it wasn't luke but what i can imagine is really happening here that that the holy spirit descended upon jesus in a manner like a dove would that just kind of gently lighting down upon him and then and the reason i said it's important we understand there were no clouds here the clouds weren't mentioned then this thundering booming voice of god says this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Does that make sense to you? The reason that, that as cool as that painting is, the reason I want you to understand what the scripture is saying is because I don't want you to get the idea that it could have been a cloudy day, the clouds parted, the sun shined through, and there was thunder, and people said, oh, hey, look, <laughs> that was God talking. Now, we have had some really cool services in here where I've said something I thought was poignant and God amened with a thunder. That's kind of cool. That's not what we have going on here. What we have here in the baptism of Jesus is an amazing event. It's actually a demonstration of the Trinity, and we'll get into that next week. This morning, I want us to really kind of dig into baptism, and we saw it in Matthew. That's why I wanted to put that one last, even though that's the first recorded gospel we have is that when Jesus came to be baptized by John, John says, whoa, hold on. This is my paraphrase, by the way. John says, hold on. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. And the reason is, if you'll remember, John was baptizing and John was preaching a message of repentance from sin. 
that's you remember john came out he didn't mess around much in in his message (laughs) the first group that came he said you brood of vipers you bunch of snakes who warned you of the judgment to come and and so john was preaching repentance from sin and so when jesus came jesus came up to him and and john said whoa hang on a minute i'm preaching i'm telling people that they need to repent from their sin and baptism is a symbolic way of being cleansed or washed from your sin and so when jesus came john said you got this all wrong i'm the one that that needs to be baptized by you and and, and so the the question that we have is why did jesus why did jesus come to be baptized by john obviously jesus had no sin he didn't have a need for repentance jesus was sinless and 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 i would say to you that 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 jesus came he he said it was to fulfill and, and the way matthew records it to fulfill all righteousness i believe that when jesus came to be baptized by john in a baptism of repentance that what he was doing was he was identifying himself with sinful humanity with us and and we see that all the way along And, and let me tell you why that is so important we need to know that jesus identified with us and and this is a huge concept um it's just like the trinity i can i can tell you this but i can't wrap my mind around it which is okay because if my little finite mind could comprehend infinity it wouldn't be infinity jesus was fully god and fully man at the same time and you might be saying well i don't understand that and i would say join the club I don't know how that is. He was fully God. Jesus didn't give up any of his deity. He didn't give up any of his Godhead to to become man. And yet yet we we know that he was. And and at the same time, Jesus was fully man. That didn't, because he was fully God, it didn't make him any less man. Because he was fully man, it didn't make him any less God. I can tell you that and I can believe that but i can't comprehend how that would be that's okay there's a lot of things i don't understand jesus jesus because he was fully man he identified with sinful humanity though he himself was sinless he he did that first of all in the flesh and let me describe this to you Uh, this is john this is one of my favorite passages and i know you guys may get tired of me saying that i have a lot um, you know, it starts here and it ends here. This is one of my favorite passages just because it's so powerful. This is John chapter 1. We'll read verse 10 and 11, then I'll skip over to 14. He, this is talking about Jesus, he was in the world and the world was made through him. Remember, Jesus is creator God. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Verse 14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the father. When it says here that the word became flesh, there's something that we need to understand. This is a once and forever, never to be repeated thing. That Jesus is God, the son from eternal past. He has always existed with the father and the spirit. We'll talk about that more next week. But Jesus has always existed. John makes sure we understand that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this Word, this this God the Son, 
creator god by the way it talks about that in colossians chapter one as well creator god became flesh i've said this a lot of times before but i think it's something that we need to understand jesus didn't put on a skin suit you know what i mean he didn't just like jump into a body for a little while 33 years while he was on the earth and then jump back out and his spirit again that's not what happened god the son eternal stepped out of eternity into time and became flesh you do know you do understand that when jesus died on the cross he died bodily he was buried and on the third day he was resurrected bodily when he appeared to the disciples you remember what he told thomas thomas says i won't i won't believe we like to we like to pick on thomas a bit but i wonder how many of us would have been in his shoes i won't believe unless i can put my finger in the nail prints in his hand and put my hand in the side where the sword was stabbed jesus when he ascended ascended in bodily form you understand that right when jesus returns he's coming back on a horse i don't know where the horse comes from bible doesn't say that but he's coming back and he's coming back in bodily form jesus physically is with the father right now i can't explain it but I, I know that's what the way the bible reads jesus became flesh he experienced what we experience uh, I, i've got some tape on my fingers because i was washing out a glass that was chipped on the top i wouldn't recommend that um and I, and i found out really quickly and and so you guys aren't gonna eat for a while i can tell you um I'm, i've got them taped together so it won't keep coming open does that make sense that hurt <laughs> um, jesus knew what it was like to experience physical pain he became flesh and so jesus can identify with us in the flesh he knows what this is like secondly he can identify with sinful humanity in life hebrews one of the great passages here it's talking really hebrews is just an, an amazing letter we don't know who wrote it exactly except it was inspired by the holy spirit but but in this amazing letter john i'm sorry hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 it right the writer writes this for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect was tempted or has been tempted as we are yet without sin any of you guys ever tempted anybody yeah uh, some of you are tempted to go get a cup of coffee right now wait just a minute um we are tempted with things but we don't really understand what temptation is how many of you ever give in to temptation you know i i'll, I'll confess something to you um don't don't get too excited it's nothing really big but uh, one of the things that i like to do uh, around eight o'clock at night which is the worst time to have any kind of snack at all I like my brown sugar cinnamon pop tart and and you know we we talk about the freshman 15 when they go off to college then i heard about the quarantine 15 man i blew that way out of the water i and and so i'm trying to be good but you know last night i i just thought man you know it'd be really good right now a glass of milk and a brown sugar cinnamon pop tart 
And 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 I tell you, I'm I I can resist temptation for like 30 seconds. And then I gave in. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. He was tempted in every way just like we are, but he never gave in. He experienced the full extent of the temptation because he didn't give in. He knows what it's like to live this life in this world. He knows what it's like to face temptation. I I, I love the way the writer says, we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. Jesus knows, and he didn't just sympathize. He can empathize because he's been there. He identifies himself, even though he's sinless, he identifies himself with sinful humanity. And then finally, the phrase that always gets everyone excited in church. Um, Don't worry, we're not done yet. But finally, Jesus identifies with sinful humanity in death. That is the thing. This is something that amazes me as as I watch movies. You you can watch these movies and people will do anything to get out of dying. Isn't that crazy? You know, as a believer, I I mean, I I, I would feel for my wife and kids, but if someone came and put a gun in my head, I I think I'd say, please, (laughs) just bring it. (laughs) But... Because this is not all there is. And and yet, somehow death seems so imposing. And actually, before Christ went to the cross, it was. Jesus knows what it's like to face death. In fact, Jesus faced death when he didn't have to. We don't have a choice. There's death and taxes, whatever that other thing is. They say the two inevitables in life. Isaiah 53, really, I don't think Isaiah could have described what happened on the cross any better had he been there. I really don't. Isaiah chapter 53, this is a little bit of a long passage, but it's, it's poignant. I want to read it to you. Isaiah writes this, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground, He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as from one as as from let me start over and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And yet the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, 
Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, and he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous, the righteous one, my servant, make many to become many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. And then verse 12. Therefore, I shall divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercessions for the transgressors. Isaiah, Isaiah writes a, a very poignant picture of what happened on the cross. You see, Jesus was beaten. Pilate was trying to get out of putting him to death. And so Pilate, I believe, thought, if I can just pour enough wrath out upon him, maybe the people will be satisfied without a crucifixion, which was the most painful form of death. And so Pilate had him beaten nearly to the point of death, unrecognizable as a man. The whole time, Jesus did not defend himself. Scripture tells us that had Jesus wanted, he could have called a legion of angels to come to his defense. And yet he hung on the cross willingly and on the cross bore our sin and bore the punishment for our sin. That's why it says, and, and it pleased the Lord. Don't, don't misunderstand this. God was not happy to do this, but it satisfied him, that is for our sin, to crush Jesus on the cross. Jesus identified with sinful humanity in death to the point that he took our sin. Paul writes it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made him, that is, God made Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. That's why on the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some people said that God didn't really forsake him. Don't, don't be misled. God poured our sin upon Christ on the cross, and in that moment, God had to look away, and Jesus bore the penalty for our sin. God made him who knew no sin to become our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. What a great exchange. One of those other things that I can't fully comprehend. I just know it's true. So, so why, would we, why would we get into this? Why, why do we need to know about that Jesus identified with sinful humanity? The writer of Hebrews, the very next verse um, Hebrews 4.16 says this. And this is something that, that I want to encourage us to do this morning. He says, let us then, because we have a high priest who can identify with sinful humanity. In the flesh, he knows what it's like to, to, to wear around. He didn't just wear it, to become flesh, to have to deal with this. He knows what it's like to live a life in a broken world because he lived it. In fact, he experienced every temptation that we had. He knows what it's like to face death. 
In fact, even though he knew no sin, God made him to become sin. He bore our sin on the cross. He identified with sinful humanity, even in death. But thank God he didn't stay in the grave. He conquered sin and he conquered death so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Because of all this, let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. Anybody need some mercy and grace this morning? Anybody, anybody need to draw near to the throne of grace? I talk with people all the time who's, who I, I try to get on just, just to come to church and, 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 and they act like, oh, I'm, but I've heard this, either the walls will fall down or the church will catch on fire if they come in. What they need to understand is that Jesus identified with sinful humanity that, that he who knew no sin bore our sin on the cross so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. And for those who have done that, for those who are in Christ, we can with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. A place where it used to be only the high priest could go into the holy of holies, into the very presence of God. And tradition says that they would tie a rope on his leg in case something were to happen and he'd die, no one wanted to go in and get him. They would pull him out. Jesus made a way. The curtain was torn so that we could go into the holy of holies and we can go with confidence, not with arrogance, but we can go with confidence. We can draw near into the very presence of God because of what Christ has done for us. So let me encourage you this morning. You need a little mercy? Need, need a little grace anybody need to draw into the presence of god we can do that this morning and if there's anyone here or anyone in the overflow or anyone who, who's watching at home who's never come to the place where they've they've trusted christ as their lord and savior let me tell you you can do that today the gospel is simple and it's a subtitle for the message that jesus came to seek and save the lost We're sinners, separated from God. Christ who knew no sin became our sin so that he can reconcile us again into relationship with God. And we simply trust. That the way the Bible talks about that is believe. That's not a knowing with your head. That's a trusting with your heart. That we simply trust, we believe, John three sixteen, and then we receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus did all the work. We just get to receive it. For those who believe so if you've never done that please today uh, just come to christ there's no magic prayer uh peter uh, l- l- let me teach you a prayer that peter prayed are you guys ready you might want to write this down lord save me <laughs> remember that he's walking on the water he looks around at the wind and the waves and he begins to doubt and and he says lord save me listen when we trust in christ we will be saved. Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But let me encourage you to do that this morning. If you've never done that this morning, to come and trust in Christ for your salvation. But let me encourage those of you who 
maybe like me, did that a long time ago. To trust and to come near to the throne of God to receive mercy and grace. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, you're amazing. Your love just continues to astound me. Yeah, I, even though it's been 38 years, I clearly remember what you've saved me from. And Father, even, even as believers, there, there are times where, Lord, we just need to draw near to you. And, and Father, especially in this crazy world that we find ourselves living in, uh, Lord, would you, would you let us draw near to you, near to the throne of grace? Father, there's someone uh, watching this morning or someone here, someone down in the overflow that just needs to receive mercy and grace from you. And Lord, would you just do that by your Holy Spirit? Father, would you do the work that only you can do in our hearts? Lord, the burdens that we carried in, would you just allow us to lay them at the throne of grace? And Father, if there's anyone who's never come to the place where they've trusted Christ as Savior, Holy Spirit, would you speak to their hearts, draw them to you, and let this be the day that they cry out, just like Peter, Lord, save me. God, I pray that as we draw near to you, that you would work in us and move in our hearts and change us. Make us into the image of Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.